Welcome to Opinions Like A-Holes, everybody, your favorite pop culture podcast where we have opinions and most of them stink. My name is Michael Zampino. With me, as always, is Hilton Bryce. And I come to you with a revelation uh, this week. Okay. Not a good one. Chapter not, verse? Not a cha- Pretty much. Pretty okay. much. Uh, I, I don't have either of those. Okay. But this could go in the book. This mm-hmm. could have a chapter and verse. Uh, this could say, and lo, it became clear unto Hilton. Uh, uh, and, and what became clear, and, and I'm warning you, it's a bummer. Okay. It's a bummer. And, and what, what prompted this was, I've noticed the growing problem with homelessness in our community here in Oklahoma. Okay, with the unhoused? Yes. It, it is an, it is increased a lot. Yes. Uh, partially due to economic turmoil, mm-hmm. uh, partially due to uh, further um, spiraling mental health issues that go untreated in our community, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, the scourge of addiction. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. Um, I don't think our, our, our leaders, uh, our, our governmental representatives want to clean it up. I agree. And, and they don't want to. Because for all of us who are currently housed, and we all know how fragile that is, mm-hmm. m- many people one or two missed paychecks away from 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 potentially homelessness. Uh, they want to remind us to keep fucking playing the game. Mm-hmm. They want to remind us that screw up, and this could be you. Oh yeah, it's a fear tactic. Yep. And I don't I don't know that it's necessarily uh, uh, cognitive cognition. I don't know that they're all aware they're doing it. I don't think Mayor G T Bynum wakes up and goes, "Ha ha, go not solve that homeless problem and keep everyone in line." Well, I don't think he thinks that out loud to himself. Maybe not that exactly, but he's not. You know, he's not. Uh, he's not trying to get fewer gun and liquor stores out of the poor areas and and uh, put in grocery stores and. Uh, libraries and you know things like that. If you ever, if you you ever notice city planning, you know, well, you I, don't have a lot of gun stores and liquor stores in uh, South Tulsa and Bixby and we Jinx. don't. Yeah, we don't. No, I, you don't. It's purposeful. I, I miss South Tulsa, and we don't see him out there. Uh, our our guest this week. Did you say you're out in, in Broken Arrow area? I am in the Broken Arrow. Area. Do you see a lot of that out there? No, we see every now and again. There's like two or three people that sit at certain, uh, you know. Uh, lights and try to collect some money but for yeah. the most part it, it's almost like they shoo out all the homeless people yeah i believe it i believe it out there in broken arrow uh, well and they and they purposefully do that that bullshit city planning type shit so that those areas are more heavily concentrated with that type of people because that their situations are perpetuated by their surroundings exactly mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh should announce our guest this week yes jacob hatfield everybody welcome back it's been a long time it, yeah it's been a very long time yeah, yeah. it was pre we have nicer stuff now. Yeah. yeah, much nicer stuff. No, you guys actually have yeah. a great setup. This is amazing. Thank yeah, you. We've replaced like ninety-five percent of Hilton. Yes, uh, I'm in debt. <laughs> uh, Jacob, of course, uh, comedian, filmmaker, um, uh, raconteur. I don't know. Uh, the um, uh, and, and lately, really uh, leaning back. Well, leaning back into everything. You've been telling me how you've been getting back more into stand-up, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but also getting back into uh, your work behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Bringing back the the CSE uh, documentary series, yes, sir. Uh, the mini doc series, CSE, which I gotta say, um, just f- from the f- just from the from the start, it looks fantastic. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Every episode, brilliantly shot, very well edited. Um, 
You super know what you're doing, and it shows. That's the funny thing. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. <laughs> well, then you have an eye for it. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yes. I feel that that's sort of how I am with design. Like, I do a little bit of graphic design, and I've had no formal training. Um, and so I very much do feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but I constantly am have, being told, like, oh, that's really good work. That's really good work. Yeah. You have an eye for it. See, the, the thing is, like, I, I love that people like it, and I really love that, like, like you said, people think that I know what I'm doing. And every now and again, I'll ask a question that I find out is basic. Like I, I, just, I see. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where I, when I first started, I found out that I lucked out with a, a cinematic frame rate is usually 24 frames a second. And I had no fucking idea. Yeah, I don't I know just, what that. I, I, I just lucked out that I had it set to twenty four frames a second. Okay, yeah. so it, I I have very much been failing upwards, but I, I appreciate that people. I like love it. that. I well, love that. And and certain elements probably that lean uh, to your design uh, mind uh, have probably been been boosted by the kind of content you consume because you're someone I've seen who 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 goes after film. That is exemplary for unique methods of storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, for and cinematography, and, exactly, mm-hmm. and editing. Um, so, so you submerge yourself in the kind of content that leads to the creation of of, of powerful, potent work. I think. Well, I mean, I I really appreciate that. Like I said, I really wish that I I was much more knowledgeable about these things. Yeah. But no, um, you're right. I do. There's always an urge to have more of a like a formal learning. I think. Yeah, and I mean, I watched like tutorials. I I got a uh, I I had a job for a little bit editing wedding videos, which turned out to be a nightmare. But I did take it as a learning experience. And sure, you know, you kind of pick things up as you go, and you Mm -hmm. get better and better and better, and you learn from your mistakes. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I really appreciate those kind words. Thank you guys. I mean, I went from uh, from learning how to cut faces out of stuff so that I could make dumb posters for us uh, to gradually making like videos and. Uh, I mean, I say I say that not videos I'm shooting, but you know, mm-hmm. putting together videos with created stuff, um, and like making ad designs for products and. And uh, things that I'm getting paid for. And I'm like, wow, wow, how far we've come from putting someone's face on a fucking police academy poster or some shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was about to say, no, this, uh, for me, it started because I won a GoPro and I wanted to test it out. Oh, nice. I I had a friend, Alexi Hill, come over to my house and I just want, I attached the GoPro to the neck of the guitar. Yeah. And he played a song and and I had iMovie and I was nothing but bored. And we just kind of talked like friends. Yeah, yeah. And people tended ended up liking the video, and they liked what I did. So I'm like, let's see if I can transfer what felt like a candid conversation between friends to other people that I don't know. And that's podcasting. Yes. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. Yeah. Uh, I, I was about to say, you guys definitely do lean more towards the audio side of it, and I lean more towards the visual side of For it. For sure. But that's just because that's where my strength is. Mm-hmm. I, As far as audio editing and sound design goes, that's something I'm still very much learning. Yeah. We we just stick to the audio because um, mostly because I don't want to look at my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen me too much, and I, I know the kind of loathing that comes with that. So I don't want others to feel that kind of loathing that comes with seeing my face too much. You got a face for radio, kid. Yeah, exactly. that's also one of the reasons why I'm not on camera. Yeah, yeah. See, (laughs) I feel you. I I, feel that. I tell people that it's uh, because the focus isn't on me and it's not, and I try to keep the focus on the subject. And, and, you know, that's a great excuse, but also... You're like, that's part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. (laughs) Hands down the majority of it, but I, I, I used to put myself in them as like cutaway jokes. Sure. And I decided to stop doing that because like you said i just don't like looking at me yeah 
Well, and, and, and one of the things that CSE does is it really puts the spotlight on, on people who, um, you know, not that they may not have other opportunities, but uh, need, need more spotlight. You yes. Know, uh, in, in two of your most recent episodes, you you, you had uh, episodes focused on comedian uh, Zach Gaiman, mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, Little Miss G, mm -hmm. uh, Little Miss MG, excuse me, who's um, a, yeah. a comedian and clown, a burlesque clown, uh, burlesque clown drag, yes. clown drag, yes, yeah. Now, I uh, that episode is going to be coming out on September thirtieth. Um, I'm almost done with it. I have one more day of filming uh, to go ahead and get the last little bit of padding that I need for that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I love to get to know people and I love to get to know interesting people and people that kind of do unconventional things. And I love to trying to think of the right way to say it. I found out that if you talk to people with respect about what they do, they tend to talk about what they do in ways they never really get to. Mm. And that's where it gets interesting. Yep. It goes from say, I, I'm not going to name them, but I've inter interviewed a few mus musicians and at the beginning of the interview, it's always like, well, I got into it because girls like it and I thought that it was cool. Mm. And then as it goes on, you know, you, the more and more you get to talk to them or quite frankly, the more and more they drink, uh, it turns into, well, my dad had a guitar that I wasn't able to play. So I would play it when he would leave for work and I found out that I had a natural ability to it. And it's like that. I want to get mm -hmm. to know that. Yeah. Um, I love that. Because I'm a firm believer that everybody is interesting, even dull people. <laughs> like I, it, even if you break down why they ended up dull and they don't talk a lot, I, I think that that kind of comes into their home life. And I, I do, I think that if you get to know anybody about any subject, there is something there. Yeah. And so I, I just kind of wanted to show that. Uh, I'll tell you brief, uh, a brief story of how I chose my first instrument. Mm. So, uh, going into sixth grade. So I've, I always loved music growing up, was obsessed with music. Um, uh, and, so I, I always thought about playing, but I kind of had that doubt of whether or not I would be able to mm -hmm. as even as a, like as a child. But anyway, sixth grade came up and it was time to make uh, uh, the decision between PE and band. Right. And I was like, well, I'm not fucking doing PE. So <laughs> band it is for sure. And it's a good opportunity to learn how to play music. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, now it's time to choose an instrument. And I was like, ooh, saxophone. That's a lot of buttons. That's a, that's a lot of buttons. I'm like, tubas, is, that's a big motherfucker. <laughs> and then I was like, trumpet, it's light, three buttons. Mm -hmm. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Turns out, pretty hard instrument to play. Because <laughs> uh, everything that's not the three buttons is done with your lips. Mm -hmm. And uh, But no, it was, uh, and, and it was one of those things where uh, very quickly into my first year in sixth grade band, um, it just came super naturally. Mm -hmm. Everything that was being taught, I picked it up immediately. Um, and I just got it. And my band director, I remember telling my parents, like, this kid just gets it. Like, he's going to be very good at this instrument. Um, and then I was in a ska band. So, you know, I fucking made it. You guys. <laughs> That's the goal right there. That's the dream. Yeah. The goal is to be in a nine-person ska band. <laughs> Hey, that, I'm here to tell you folks, that's too many people, <laughs> too many people to be in a band. Uh, man, speaking of people, we watched a trailer for Kite Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, we did. 
That uh, that looks that looks interesting. Do you so? Do you guys both watch uh, the Harley Quinn series on Max? I watched the first season. I have not gotten to see any of the rest of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, you should definitely jump back into it. Uh, I'm uh, halfway through season three. Yeah, I think I'm right around there. Maybe I finished three. I need to check. Yeah. I, I don't quite remember. It's so funny. Mm. Yeah. It's so funny. I was uh, the I might have seen if if this isn't season two, forgive me. I might have seen a little bit of it, but the best episode is the one where they focus on, in my opinion, where they focus on Batman and they're getting onto the trolls. It, like, do you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was yeah, about the internet trolls. So, yeah. so oh, yeah. well done. <laughs> so well done. It was basically them going, fuck you, we can do this, but we choose not to because this is more interesting. And I love the way that that was presented. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's been a, a really fun thing about this kind of uh, time of self-aware uh, media content is that you have shows willing to call out detractors while they're d- doing their detracting, you know, mm-hmm. She-Hulk on uh, Disney Plus was another great example, you know, and for whatever its strengths and weaknesses were in the uh, CGI department, the the narrative steps it took to be like, yeah, we are going to do weird fourth wall breaking stuff mm-hmm. and, and self-referential nonsense because this is She-Hulk and that's what we do. And we know you have a problem with it. And we don't care. Yeah. Like, no, I like that. I, I do, too. And it, people getting upset with She-Hulk, it, I, I think that shows... Little Dick Syndrome. It it was just a fun show. It wasn't trying to be anything more than that. I totally agree about the Little Dick Syndrome thing. That's what it is. Yeah. I I can't believe she's twerking. The people that were upset about it told me everything I knew needed to know. Like the type of person that was upset about it let me know like, oh, okay. I know what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It really spoke so much to those people. And yeah, hundred percent. And and the fact that so many would get so upset to even hear comments like that really even just kind of sang it even louder. It's it like, was uh, girls, girl Ghostbusters all over again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and 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 girl Ghostbusters, which you know, for the record, that is a deeply, deeply flawed movie. Oh, 100%. You know? But with some really good jokes sprinkled in. Oh, with yeah. some really funny, genuinely funny stuff sprinkled in it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, very, very poor execution on the story. Oh, well, and, and the... the there was just not a consistency in the, in the basics of the of the universe. They were shooting guns at the ghosts at one point. The problem wasn't that there were lady Ghostbusters or that Ray Stands never existed. Mm-hmm. The problem was they were shooting guns at ghosts. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, they like, don't they don't have like an exoskeleton or anything. There wasn't even consistent logic in like how ghost busting would work you know and and at least the original movie however silly proton packs and ghost traps are there were at least they said you catch him with the proton packs and you put him in the ghost traps yep does that make sense no not necessarily does it have to no it's a comedy yeah uh yeah no i love it busting makes me feel good (laughs) busting makes me feel good (laughs) busting makes me feel if that's not the name of the Ghostbusters porn parody, they have I mean, missed an the fact opportunity. that that line is in that song, yeah, and nobody was like, uh, "Hey Ray, <laughs> <laughs> hey Ray, do you know how that line sounds by itself, M- M- Mr. Parker Jr. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Parker Jr. Uh, I'm gonna call your dad. <laughs> I'm, gonna tell, I'm gonna tell Ray Parker Sr. that you're in here being gross. <laughs> do, did Ray Parker Sr. do anything? Who the fuck knows? I'm gonna look him up. Uh, I am excited for Kite Man, though. This looks super fun. Yeah, no, Ray Parker Sr. said, uh, busting should be done in the privacy of your home, and you should feel ashamed. I taught my son better than busting wherever it feels good. <laughs> That's not the kind of boy I raised. 
Who is Ray Parker Jr.'s father? Uh, he was born. Oh, okay. cool. Ray Parker Sr. He was born to Manolia Parker and Ray Parker Sr. Huh. No, I think it's a different one. I think this <laughs> definitely shows my age. I have no fucking idea who Ray Parker Jr. Or he's the one who sings uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, he, I, he, he, wrote, he wrote the co- uh, Ghostbusters song. Literally it. That's his only claim to fame. That's his only claim that's to fame? That's it, yeah. Damn. That's, that, that yeah, is, imagine being a one-hit wonder, and that one hit is the song that you wrote for a movie. Yeah. <laughs> also, that is really a testament to just being a 40-some-odd-year-old man, is we will remember the dude that sang the song for that movie in 1984. Boston makes me feel good. <laughs> etched, etched in his gray matter till oh, the yeah. end of fucking time. Yep. Yeah. And I giggle a little bit every time he says it in the song. I'm like, yeah, it does. That's that is such the that that is the the cornerstone to me. That is such a uniquely human experience. The idea that you will go off on a on a on a a, a rail about a topic. Only to turn and 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 have a friend, family member, you know, partner, whatever, look at you like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, because this stuff is such an individual experience oh, sure. to all of us. There are lines from movies from my childhood that I will say randomly, just re- reflexively almost, mm-hmm. that are so weird and out of context. And like, there's one in particular, and it may have come up on the show before, but around <laughs> around once a month. My brain will go, cheese squeeze makes my eyeballs itch. And that's a line from the movie Munchies, which is Munchies. Wow, I don't remember that at all. So Munchies was a movie when they were when they were doing like ghoulies and critters. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was another one that they tried to throw into that realm of like uh, bitey little creatures, like smaller little like. And uh, there's a scene where a bunch of people are running away and they're in a warehouse and they're like rummaging for food and they find a case of what's clearly supposed to be like cheese whiz, but they couldn't say cheese whiz because it's trademark. Uh, so they called it cheese squeeze and they offer it to this one lady and she says, uh-uh, cheese squeeze makes my eyeballs itch. And I think about that line all the time. <laughs> I, you know, that's a thing that happens. It sure the fuck is. Cheese squeeze. It's, it'd be one thing if I just thought about it, but like, I'll say it out loud and I can't stop myself. As that cheese squeeze makes my eyeballs itch sounds like the title of a Fallout Boy song. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that 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 would be a good one. That is a good one. What I think about Kite Man that looks really good is uh, I, I saw a lot of stuff connecting it to that greater kind of DC animated universe that we have in Harley Quinn, like Bane, which mm-hmm. really, if we get more of those kind of side characters, I think this could be another fun show. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's one of the best things about Harley Quinn is all the characters and who they've gotten to voice them and, and all that that brings to the table. And mm-hmm. uh, So, yeah, if we're going to get more of that, I, I love it, man. That was one of the wild things about the Kite Man trailer was when they showed Darkseid, who is like, you know, like one of the, the biggest big bads of the DC universe. He kind of sounded like a random dude. Yeah, yeah. It was not very threatening at all, mm-hmm. which, which which I have enjoyed how they have made seemingly threatening characters just sound like Joe Blow. And it's been uh, a lot I love of fun. what they've done with uh, Clayface. Clayface, King Shark. Oh, yeah, yeah, King I, Shark's I think the best. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we also watched the trailer for Aquaman 2, yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, under Sea Boogaloo. Oh, that's right. Uh, oh, you can't do Electric Boogaloo under there. No, you, get, you would kill you get everybody. <laughs> I like when he Aquaman talked to- 2, everyone's dead. 
I like when he talked about how he ruled over 2 billion people from every different species. That means most of them aren't people. Yeah, man. That's not what a <laughs> people, species people's is. People's a pretty specific word. Yeah, be, <laughs> is it, Like, I know it's just a bunch of internet rumors, but everybody is saying that this movie apparently sucks. I mean, yeah. I heard the first one sucked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a lot of issues with the first one. I never I, even got around to it. it I, I watched it because I like James Wan. I think he, especially like with his camera work, he mm. is a fantastic filmmaker. And I was let down. But I it, I don't I, know if that's one of those things where it was him or if it was the studio interference mm. or what. See, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised that I didn't watch it because I love, like, Under the Sea. I love that setting. I mm. like water. I love, you know, fish and bright color and all that stuff that comes along with it. Yeah. Uh, but just there was something in me that was like, this movie's going to suck, man. Don't do it. Mm. <laughs> maybe maybe we should do it for the, our spinoff podcast, A-Holes at the Movies. Huh? Perhaps. We should watch that. Maybe instead of just watching just one of the guys again, I I just really would. I've always been an Aquaman fan. I I I do like. I know he gets a lot of shit. He's a cool character. No, in comics for sure, he's Mm -hmm. a cool character. And when done right, like uh, like I know on uh, Batman: Brave and the Bold, for example, he he was done really well. Yeah, this dude can literally make a Sharknado. He is so powerful, and in everything except like a lot of the DC animated stuff, and like you said in the comics and the live action movies. Uh, he's either a joke or in this one, it's almost like they tried to turn him into a roided out Rob zombie <laughs> kind of guy. And it's like, that's not who he is at all. Like, I was getting little bits of fish out of water, family man, silly story. And then, yeah, yeah. the kind of overpowered, you know, just a, just a, a, a brick house with fists. They mm-hmm. did take a hard left on what Aquaman looks like from like the Aryan fish man, to yeah. Jason Momoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, the trailer also had a ton of action scenes. Like there were so many different scenes of, of high action that I really, for a movie that I've also heard is just bad mm-hmm. across the board. It, it got me like, well, maybe it's not bad. Yeah. It looks fun. It looks exciting. You know, I, the trailers cut very well in parts, I would say. You are, uh, you're deep into the comic lore. Has there ever been an Aquaman, Mr. Olympic crossover? <laughs> I you know I can't say for sure. Uh, can't say for uh, sure. Oh, Might have maybe maybe. <laughs> Where Aquaman and Mister Limpet uh, help battle World War Two <laughs> submarines? Possibly. Have you ever seen the Incredible Mister Limpet? I have not seen the Incredible Mister Limpet. <sighs> it is, it is something else. The plot is that Don Knotts uh, becomes a fish, an animated fish. Uh, let's. I really want to read like a synopsis. Is there like a <laughs> meek and mild, yeah, meek and mild-mannered bookkeeper Henry Libbit has few passions in life. It's mid nineteen forty-one. Oh, where'd it go? Oh, it went oh, away. it's pulling up. Yeah, um, yeah. He he turns into a fish, and uh, let's see, Mister Olympia turns into a talking fish and helps the U.S. Navy locate and destroy Nazi submarines. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know. Uh, out of all the things, yeah, here we go. His friend George Stickles in the Navy and lays it on pretty thick. If Henry could have one thing, it would be to become a fish. While on a visit to Coney Island, Henry falls into the water and miraculously gets his wish. Yep. And then he can make this really fucked up noise with his mouth that, like, fucks up the, the submarines or something. That's amazing. I um, I mean, obviously, we're going to watch part of the trailer. Oh, here we go. 
Oh, there's an official trailer. Beautiful. Oh, wait, hang on. Gotta get to this. Here's news from Arthur Godfrey. (laughs) Hi. You know I do a radio show every morning on the CBS radio network, don't you? Do I know that, Arthur? <laughs> I don't know that for I am. Well, if you listen, which not I that am, old, you do right? once in a while. Okay, we're going to skip ahead here to the trailer portion of the trailer. <laughs> Eventually, uh, now that we've got the spinning white wheel. Of- the Incredible Mr. Limpet. You love this movie. I will. Hey, that's Don Knotts, the <laughs> funny man from TV. You know, Don Knotts. <laughs> sure. And now Don Knotts stars in a big new color movie as the incredible Mr. Limpet. A big new color movie. Now you may ask, what makes this Mr. Limpet so incredible? Well, as a man, Limpet's what you'd call a a poor fish. If you paid half as much attention to me as you do those fish, I'd be the happiest wife in Flatbush. Here it's just a fish or so bright and cheerful. Beautiful. Look at him, George. Does Don fuck Always the fish? drawing into <laughs> yeah. his shell, he, going off into his fish world. He wants to be a fish, so he can fuck the fish. But as a fish, Lippet is... Well, he's incredible. You are Henry. <laughs> yes, George. Is, is there anything I can I can do for, for you, Henry? Well, I wanted to talk to you about my helping the Navy. Oh, wow. He becomes a fish, and then you? he's like, I'll volunteer to help Navy. the Navy. And go right to the top level. I don't want to waste any time on red tape. As a secret weapon, he's incredible, oh. too. See, there's the thing. That's limpet. <laughs> the Capitaine. That's limpet. That's limpet. That's limpet. We've got the system now. She's not a fish. She's a real woman. I knew I should have thrown you out the first time you came to me with this fish. Wow. Uh, yeah, it is wild. That is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. Here's the deal. Uh, get it? <laughs> I have spent so much of my life watching things that weren't the incredible Mr. Limpet. <laughs> time you can never get back. Yeah. Uh, mistakes have been made is what I'm saying. Uh, why Why did we watch other trailers? <laughs> why do we not just have all of our guests watch this every time? Who knows, man? Man. <laughs> Mr. Olympic Goes to Washington was pretty good, too. Yeah, that's... Uh, it, uh, that's here's the deal. <laughs> all right, I, was, uh, I thought you were serious for a second. I'm like, all right, I have to go home and do a double feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet this is on, like, Disney Plus or some shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to pull up Can I Stream It and see where we can find the incredible Mr. Limpet. (laughs) And then pull up Can I Boof It. (laughs) (laughs) You can always boof it. That's what a blender is for. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, the incredible Mr. Limpet. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. I thought you had searched for it, and I was like, it pulled up the wrong movie. It (laughs) pulled up It. While he's looking it up, did you guys hear they're doing like a like a Welcome to Dairy, like a uh, like a prequel to the It movie? Oh, okay, no. Oh no, I I I I heard. Yeah, is it already in production? I think I think it's already in production. Yes. Nice. I did hear that it was a a thing, a possibility. You cannot see Mr. Limpet for free anywhere. God (sighs) damn it! I'll pay. I'll pay money. What is that? What is that? Three dollars if you want Mr. Limpet in your home. Buy it for ten. You get it on YouTube. 
Yeah, yeah, you could buy it and own it forever. Watch Mr. Olympia as much as you want. You're going to want to watch it more than once. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure you're sure? Are you sure? I'm not sure. <laughs> you sure about that? You sure about that? Is that I think you should leave? Yeah. Okay. I like how I can tell you're doing an I think you should leave impression just by the way you move your head. Are you sure about that? <laughs> like that is yeah. Tim Robinson head, head movement. I wasn't loud enough though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> do you like? Do you like? Uh, I think you should leave. You ever watch that? I, I what I've seen of it, I really liked the 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 uh, the driving. They do you not know how to drive? No, no, I that don't. Is, no, that made me laugh so, so much. Yeah. That in the one not the, everybody knows how to do everything. I love. It. He's like just put it in reverse. He's like, oh, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. No, uh, <laughs> the guy, the one where the he, he dresses up as like the old man makeup and it's like really rough on him yeah and they're trying to do that prank and he just keeps screaming i want out of this take the mask off don't take the mask off <laughs> it's so good God, it shows so wild <laughs> 55 tacos 55 hamburgers 55 train. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that one yeah the pay it forward the, the drive-through yeah Goosebumps. Goosebumps. So this is a, a remake of the old series. It used to be on Nickelodeon, but that was like an anthology series. And this seems like it's more of like a movie or like there's more of a through line. This is like a series telling one story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what made you mad. Well, that is one. It's that it should be an anthology. I was I grew mm-hmm. up reading Goosebumps. I love Goosebumps so much. Yeah, and it, it really shaped my personality. So like, <laughs> hell yeah. Growing up, it should be an anthology series for one. And if you're going to remake it and reboot it, there are literally hundreds of books you can draw from, and they're redoing the Haunted Mask and they're redoing Slappy, and and I I don't like that. Plus. And These I, are old classic Goosebump stories. Uh, they they are classic Goosebump stories, but they're also they've been done to death. I was yeah. going to say it's the cheap fan grab, right? Yes. Like, and to me, I don't think they should have done Goosebumps. I think they should have left it alone. The movie was okay. That's fine. Was that I, the one Jack Black was in? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. It okay. actually wasn't terrible. It, it was okay. But I mean, you put Jack Black in anything, it's going to get a little bit better. Yeah. I, I think that if they were going to redo anything and especially make it a TV show, it should have been scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, yeah. I, mm. I, I think that should have been. Did you see that movie? I did. And the movie was just kind of meh. But the, yeah. the best part about the movie was the obvious love for the old stories and the uh, the artwork, the the famous artwork Imagery. that should not be in a kid's book. Yeah. yeah oh, that. Yeah. I still have those books up there. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and we we went we went through and read a couple on here. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that artwork is legitimately terrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and as a child, it, yeah, not a lot gave me nightmares, but some of those pictures did. Yeah, yeah. Th- there were pictures in that book that I would like mark where it was so that when I was reading the book, I wouldn't turn You'd to that skip page. Over. Yeah, because they were that scary to me. You know, there's a monster at the end of this book. Oh yeah, that's another good one. Have you ever read that? No, that's a, it's a classic kids book. It's a it's a Grover book. Okay, um, and he's constantly trying to get you to not turn the page because there's a monster at the end of the book. Oh, okay, uh, it's pretty good. And isn't one. the monster at the end of the book just Grover? I can't say. You don't want to spoil it. I can neither confirm or deny the end of "There's a Monster <laughs> at the End of This Book." 
Like I said, I'm the going, monsters really the friends we made along the way. The monsters. <laughs> the I'm I'm going to watch this to give it a chance. I I love Justin Long and I love him in in horror movies. I love that he's turned to that. I like Justin Long too. I, my first thought when I saw him and he was like, "I'm an English teacher," was like, "Ah, oh, dang! It's been long enough to where Justin Long is not the student; he's the teacher. Yeah, now. He's, like, he's the old now. Yeah, yeah, we we knew him as the he was the kid. Like yeah. he was the kid in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, now 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 grown man. And, and we're old and yep gonna die <laughs> <laughs> oh dang yep. it, it, time comes for us all that's true as i'm coming up on 30 uh i'm, I'm be 30 in january i'm actually looking forward to it yeah i, I am yeah I, I did have my first bout of feeling old because i got served for the first time the other day oh wow yeah a little kid was just trying to be nice and he comes and he's like excuse me sir and it took everything <laughs> in me not to go and excuse me you little shit like i'm <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do you one better. I got called old timer. Oh no! Oh, yeah. I almost punched him in the back of the head. <laughs> I was like, "You fucking cunt!" <laughs> was it your son? Like, what? <laughs> no, okay. some some little skateboarding punk. <laughs> yeah, like I used to be the skateboarding punk. Yeah, just look at him. This is going to happen to you. Uh, he was like, yeah. "How's it going, old timer?" And I was like, "I will fucking kill you." Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I I I noticed some. Uh, I, I've been very fortunate. A lot of people have uh, problems as they as they grow up, uh, and even well, young, depending on, on on you know different factors. Pain in their back, pain in their mm-hmm. legs, pain. You know, sitting up, getting down, sleeping. Of course, you know, Mike, you've talked on the show extensively about. Oh, you've I live, wrestled with those uh, issues. I live in pain every single day. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have been very blessed in that those are not age signs that I have normally seen much of throughout my life. Mm. Till recently. Mm. The last couple of weeks, I've noticed that every set of stairs, I'm like, fuck. Every long walk, I'm like, fuck. And where where is it getting you? Is it knees, it's, it's back, back and legs, back and, back legs. and legs? And I uh, I just I was like I was like okay I was like 44 into 45. Mm-hmm. That was when mine kicked in yep. right there. Yep. And it's it's it, you know just like I've learned with the glasses, this stuff comes for everybody yeah. in, in some degree or another. Oh for sure. So, my pain lives in uh, in in the neck and back, and, neck and, and my back. pussy and my crack. Yeah, <laughs> as it does. As my that. my whole neck back pussy crack hurts. <laughs> I have a I have a horrible right knee, and I wish I could say it's age. I'm sure that again, everybody starts bitching about when you hit 30. It's yeah. like that's when that happens. But so I'm sure that's a factor. But for me, it's because I got blackout drunk in South Padre. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! And I woke up and my knee was about the size of a softball. Oh damn! Uh-huh. Yeah. Apparently, while we were waiting on the bus to go back to the hotel, I'm like I'm drunk. The last thing I remember is playing slap the bag on the beach, and I'm like I'm gonna run across the street and buy a pack of cigarettes and. My friends told me that I tripped and I did like a family guy fall where there's no in between. You go from here to here. <laughs> and I they knew something was wrong because like cars were coming up and honking, but I wasn't moving. And this homeless guy at the gas station, who I found out later, his name is Bottles. That's tight. That's shout, a good name. Shout out to Bottles. Hell he yeah. runs over and carries me back to my friends. Oh, damn. Wow. Bottles rules. Bottles yeah. is cool, man. And I have no fucking memory of him. But wow. Yeah. Interesting. So that's what happened to me. I really Wouldn't wish. it be, I, I don't know why, but when you said you woke up and your knee was really swollen, mm-hmm. my brain was like, wouldn't it be rad if your friends were like, yeah, man, you got really drunk and you challenged us to one-on-one basketball and then you <laughs> fucking blew out your ACL and MCL. I was trying gonna, to juke us to the, take us to the hole. 
For somebody as tall as I am, I have zero like basketball ability. I, I yeah. was not a sport. I was very much a band kid like you. Fair enough. I, I, I tried sports for a little bit. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where I'm like, it is not not my thing. For sure. I love basketball. <laughs> it's my favorite sport. Um, growing up, I played baseball a little bit, mm-hmm. tried playing basketball. I was terrible at every sport, um, but I still enjoy mm. sports for the most part. Um but yeah, I was also also terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, so, Goosebumps. I remember like the books coming out for me. So I'm 42 now, mm-hmm. and I remember when they were coming out. I was like right at that age where I was like almost too old, or like you know, in your head, you're like I'm too old for those kid books. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I still remember reading some of them and like liking them, and then being like, "Oh man, am I not supposed to like <laughs> these now?" Like, you know what I mean? Whenever you're like a a preteen or whatever, yeah. And you're like, is this cool? Is this not cool or whatever? Well, that was me with scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, you know, okay. But as far as goosebumps go, that was like a dirty secret because my. I, I love my mom, and, and she's gotten a lot better about it now. But she, I grew up in that house where, like, you weren't able to read Harry Potter because it was evil. You know, stuff like that. Very, like, church-heavy kind of home. And so that was... Absolutely. The- and my mom once took an album away from me uh, from a ska band called Mephiscopheles mm-hmm. uh, because the album was called God Bless Satan. Oh, really? Yeah. And the whole their whole gimmick was a joke. Mm. I was about to, Like I said, Goosebumps was that thing where I could... I would borrow them from my friends, and they were so short... And the letters were you so get big away with it that I would read them like at school. That way, I didn't have to try to take it home. And uh, nice, yeah. Um, speaking of Harry Potter not being able to read it, one of my favorite memories of my dad was he would sneak read me uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Fuck yes, yeah. that rules. I, I I love my dad. My dad's not the best dad, but hands down, he is a damn good friend. And he would <laughs> he would. I remember he he snuck read me that, and then uh, the first book that I ever really tried to read on my own was Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, mm-hmm. and he handed it to me like like a drug dealer, like underhanding it. Love that. Like my mom was in the kitchen cooking, and he's like, "Here, take this, go to your room." I like, love that. Yeah, man, I love that. Uh, Hilton had to step away for a couple of seconds. Hilton, you missed a really great story about uh, about Jacob's dad, uh, basically in, in clandestine uh, slipping him Harry Potter books mm-hmm. on the DL uh, behind mom's back. Oh, wow. 100%. Yeah. Good yeah. shit. That's the kind of stuff that I, I always see uh, on Reddit on the Am I the Asshole uh, subreddit uh-huh. mm. where you always have like one parent like you know like am i the asshole for slipping my kid real burgers behind my vegan wife's back yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. And it's like oh i don't want to be in your marriage <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that one maybe this one not so much the harry potter books that's cool yeah. I, I that was just a cool dad move yeah, yeah. no I, I love the am i the asshole subreddit yeah. i love yeah. it so much it's such a it's such a great place to just like feel superior just like you know like it, it it very much scratches that itch that like daytime talk show tv would mm-hmm. like you know like my problems are okay like I, I have problems too but it's not the end of the world i'm gonna get through it because yeah, yeah. you know if, if if they can if if they can deal with their entire estranged family blowing up their dms because they named their daughter after their you know dead sister's favorite flower <laughs> you know i'm gonna be okay you know <laughs> have you read the one about the uh this lady basically her husband has like a peeing himself kink where he'll he'll piss himself and he has to do it in front of people to like get off wow and so he boy oh boy that's a that's a rough one she lied to her family and said that he has a medical condition that he can't control it and so because of that, he wasn't invited to her sister's wedding. Yeah, sure. Because naturally. 
And it was one of those things where it's like, in my opinion, everybody there is an asshole. Like, it, it's fine if you have a kink, but you don't involve other people in it. it yeah. You don't, you lied about him having a medical condition. That makes also you an break. asshole. And you fucking uh, told a guy with a medical condition that you think he has, he's not able to come to a wedding. Yeah, like, that's also kind of rough. That's rough. Well, I will. Hey, uh, the Jeff, wedding one I get, listen, though. Listen, Jeff, we've come to really love you, and we're really <laughs> looking forward to having you in our family. But. We cannot have you pissing your pants in front of Grandma Carol. I mean, I guess... I guess but, You're a nasty little pee-pee boy, and you can't come to the party. But, <laughs> and you can't come unless you piss yourself. You can't come unless you're a little dirty little pee-pee boy, so... Wow. Okay. You nasty little piss pig. <laughs> I don't took a turn. Like I feel like if it was addressed, like if they addressed it like that, it would have been a lot better than no, he can't come because he can't control himself and he's like, yeah. yeah it's but like, part of me also like I, I understand like not wanting oh, someone covered in piss at your wedding. No, I get yeah, it. Piss completely. smells bad. <laughs> yeah. I get it completely. I'm just you have an outdoor summer wedding that's going to stink real yeah. bad, especially <laughs> if you've noticed that he doesn't immediately vacate. Yeah, no, yeah, he's, not, like, he's not rushing for a clean pair of pants. No, yeah. apparently he would like stand up and announce it. He's like, oh no. Oh no, I've yucked again. myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it appears I've yucked all over myself. Also, I guess I'll have to sit in my mess. <laughs> we got to talk about like, like not to kink shame, mm-hmm. but to kink shame maybe <laughs> a little. Um, for sure. That's, that's one where I'm like, if someone gets mad at me for kink shame in that one... I think I'm okay with it. Yeah. You can get off another way. Well, like, and the, the maybe, part about maybe, it is... Maybe not right away. The part about it is involving non-consensual yeah, people. Thank you. Yes. That's, that's, why, that's why I have no issues kink shame in this one. Because mm-hmm. it's not like him and the wife are at home and he's like, I want to piss my pants in front of you because it makes me uh, really hard. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then she says, okay, I'm fine with that. Then there you go. You're you're good to go. But he's like, I have to piss in front of strangers. <laughs> strangers, your family at family gatherings in restaurants. Like apparently yeah. it did become a huge problem. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's bad news bears. Well, and 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 also, I mean, you like I. So the kink is 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 that's how he can get off. That it's it's definitely part of it. Apparently, go home and fuck like rabbits. Go ho- try harder. <laughs> try try harder to find another way. Yeah, you know, because I'm find I, another way. I'm sorry. Like I I understand that like week one you're not gonna. Yeah, you're you you're not getting off that week. Mm-hmm. Like you're just you're stuck in your kink. You're you're just a you you you're broke on the brain, and and that's how you are. But by week seven, you'll figure something out. Yeah, you know you'll 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 realize you, you know what lesbian porn's okay too. Yeah, like 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 something else will click. Like it's not. I, I can't remember who said it. I, I think it was I think it was on the Dan Cummins uh, uh, Time Suck podcast. But he was basically talking about kinks and kink shaming and having like people that have really rough kinks things like like rape fantasies and 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 even like cannibalism and stuff like that where he described it as okay so you're prone to like this type of music but that doesn't mean you can't like and appreciate other genres yeah and so i i do see it as that i i mean i understand that like you know sure j- just like just like if you're if you're someone who's 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 locked themselves into they only eat this kind of food or they mm-hmm. they don't they don't you know their palate is very narrow it's like oh hi I, i'm right here uh, so <laughs> here's the deal like like so if you if you do truly do have a, a a very narrow palate you can eat those other foods it's just the first couple of weeks are going to suck mm. like but for many, I, I I won't I won't assume to say all or, or or be so assumptive, but but 
I, I assume for some of them, you will develop a taste. Like you, you. So for me, it's not a flavor issue 90% of the time. It's a deeply subconscious textural aversion to things. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, sorry. With subconscious, it, it, it's definitely harder because that stuff has so much to do with growing and developing. Mm-hmm. But I have to assume that for, for some of it that maybe isn't super tied into, you know, core ideals of who you are, you'll adjust, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. You know, or, or take take the chips I brought this morning. You didn't, you weren't, you weren't into, you, right. you didn't, you didn't even want to try them. Yeah. But if that was the only chips, you'd figure it out, Sure. Yeah. you know? Yeah, it, for me it was a combination of uh, I had I knew there was a donut coming for me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, do I want that flavor right before I right before I munch on a yummy cake donut? I don't think so." And I just you know like like you talked about like like painful like or dangerous kinks mm-hmm. like a, like an, a sexual assault or a rape fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's like you know what that doesn't no I yeah. that's not the only way you get off. Like and and, and again week one maybe, yeah. but but keep trying. You, tr- my whole thing. Have I, you heard about stepsister porn? <laughs> <laughs> that one's yucky. <laughs> it's so yucky. Favorite so thing about like the whole don't kink shame, like that yeah. whole we don't kink shame that thing, is like everybody's got a kink and kinks are weird. Like they're they're fucking weird, and a big part of like that feeling is the oh this is a dirty little secret. Mm-hmm. So people who kink shame are helping people get off, and people who are trying to normalize it are kink shaming. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. If it was super normal, then it, they probably wouldn't get off on it, right? One hundred percent. I mean, if everybody's pissing their pants all the time, <laughs> oh god! This if peeing your awful. pants is cool, consider <laughs> me Miles Davis. Davis. <laughs> if peeing your pants makes you come, consider, no. get consider a new me hobby. John Holmes. Try something else. <laughs> Have you tried lesbian porn? <laughs> I forgot the name. Of, oh, I, for a minute, I forgot Ron Jeremy's name. <laughs> you know, I bet a lot of people wish they could forget Ron Jeremy's name. Yeah, it turns out he was a huge piece of shit. Yeah. Man. Fuck that guy forever. Ron Jeremy was a huge piece of shit? Yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, he was, he was, uh, um, was among charges. all the consensual sex he got on film, apparently he was having non-consensual sex oh, as well. Which yeah. is, yeah. Damn. Which, I mean, my God. For sure. You're a, you literally make porn. What the fuck is wrong? With How you? much more could you need to fuck? Yeah. Well, mm. and, and again, another one is. It, uh, wait this, a minute. Let me rephrase that. How much more would you physically be able to fuck? That was that's what yeah. I was going to ask. Because like a big problem with uh, with people that work in the adult industry is that they kind of get desensitized yeah, to it. And it's hard to have relationships. Yes. Yeah. And so, the, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? I mean, yeah. look, if you're if you're making pizzas eight hours a day, forty hours a week, you. you Probably don't want to come home and make a pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking Wario looking motherfucker. Squirt. Anyways, Goosebumps looks weird. Yeah, it does. Goosebumps looks weird. I, I mean, it looked fine if you, again, if you have no familiarity with these stories. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's what it is. I mean, obviously Disney Plus has a vested interest in looking uh in, in aiming content towards young people. I was gonna say, I bet Eleanor will love it. Exactly. And I'll probably watch some of it with her because like you said, and, wa- I like Justin long mm-hmm. enough to give it a shot. And and maybe hopefully if this does well, there'll <laughs> be more content that can finally dip into other sources mm-hmm. for good scary stories, you know? For sure. But yeah, I I I I think I'm gonna watch scary stories to tell in the dark now that you've told me, 
you know, about the artwork and stuff. But that was one where when I saw the trailers for that, I was like, man. Yeah, it, it definitely. Yeah. It, again, it should have been an anthology. I have no idea why they tried to make it like one cohesive thing. And it should have been a lot darker. And yes. Like, yeah. But scary. I, w- I will say, especially if like the artwork is what drew you to it. It, they the amount of love and detail they put into the creature design in that movie is cool. amazing. All right, that's that makes me. That sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one's exciting for me, especially because of my deep, deep love for these bands. Well, and not just cool because it's a music documentary, um, but also because it's really made up of footage that they shot over like a 10, 20 year period. Almost forty. Tell us about it. Almost 40 years. Uh, this is going to be called Omar and Cedric, If This Ever Gets Weird. Uh, Omar and Cedric, of course, are the creative minds behind At the Drive-In, uh, the Mars Volta, Antimask. Um, they've done quite a bit of stuff. Um, Cedric uh, Bixler Zahav Zavala, excuse me. Um, he's the singer. Omar Rodriguez Lopez is the uh, guitarist. Um, and they have made some incredibly weird, beautiful, awesome music over the years um, that I was always really obsessed with. Um, of course, uh, Cedric's been in the news a little bit lately because his wife, uh, Chrissy Bixler, uh, is one of the three... Um, one of the three accusers in the Danny Masterson rape trial. Oh, wow. Um, So uh, uh, Chrissy and Cedric um, and of course the, the entire Masterson family um, were longtime Scientologists. And um, during that time, Chrissy was with Danny Masterson. Danny Masterson drugged and raped her and other women. Um, He's now been convicted of that. I don't know that I have to say allegedly anymore. Um, He was now that he was convicted of it. You do not. Um, but uh, anyways, since then, uh, Chrissy and Cedric uh, got married. They left the church in, I think, 2016 or 2017. Um, basically, among other things, due to the immense pressure that was put on her and the other women by the upper echelon of Scientology to silence them and keep them from... Um, suing Danny Masterson or trying to uh, get police involved or anything at the time. Uh, and it was super, super fucked up. They put a lot, a lot of money into Danny's uh, defense and um, Scientology super fucked. And Cedric made a pretty good uh, um, statement that was, <laughs> it, it was started out very um, well worded and very, very like, all right, this is this is what we've been looking for. And at the end, he was just like, and fuck Scientology and fuck everybody that defended this piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is de- uh, definitely going to be uh, a really fun to watch. Um, I've always been really interested in in the super weirdness behind his lyrics, um, especially once I found out he was a Scientologist. I was like, man, how much of that weirdness in the lyrics are are from that? Mm. You know what I mean? Um so I'm super, super interested to to see this. And yeah, it just looks like it's going to be a very interesting watch visually. Yeah, yeah. The, the footage that was uh, put together in the trailer just looked like you were getting such snippets of really who they were, 
um, uh, fun off the cuff moments. It, it just a couple like, of weirdos from El Paso. Yeah, for real. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's you know, for for all of us, you know, the the, the three of us uh, are, are perfect examples. Of, you know, we we've all been involved in various creative projects for as long mm-hmm. as we can remember growing up, and and it's it's that same kind of spirit, that same kind of energy that I felt in that trailer, and that really, even as someone who only has a a passing interest in at the drive-in and, and even less in the Mars Volta, uh, I, I would be interested to watch it just because of what I would see in myself in it and what I would see in, in all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it looks very cool. Yep. Uh, if this ever gets weird, um, does it, uh, I didn't see a, um, a release date. Oh, October. October. Okay. Go up just a little bit. It says, okay, so it will premiere at a film festival in October, which means that uh, hopefully after that festival, it'll get distribution and then we can see it somewhere else. Mm. As I was going to say, now I'm definitely going to end up watching that. I, I just like learning about new things and new subjects, and, and docs are the best way to do that, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So, I, and you might come out with a love of a new band or two. Well, just from the little bit of a, the song that you showed me earlier, I, yeah. I really did enjoy at the drive-in. We listened uh, off mic. We listened or off the recording, I should say. Listened to a little bit of "One Armed Scissor," which was, of course, the the radio single from "Relationship of Command," the yeah, two thousand album, their breakout album, really. Yeah, their 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 last album and their breakout album. Yeah. yeah. Um, then uh, at the drive-in broke up. Half of those members formed another band called Sparta, mm-hmm. and then the other half formed the Mars Volta. Yeah, see the Mars Volta, I have heard of. I just I don't think I've heard any of their music. Mm. So I'm I'm 100 down just to kind of get a feel for it more. Yeah, yeah. the Mars Volta is definitely bigger, more production, um, more like a bigger scale, uh, more epic. Yeah, that's one thing about when At The Drive-In came out is we were, uh, and not that we were, um, you know, not that raw music hadn't been popular at the time, but it was it was kind of a, a part of a wave of especially lo-fi music mm-hmm. that was was getting radio airplay. Mm. Um, it really, and it, it because of that, it had a distinctly different sound. Oh yeah, than a lot of what was on the radio at the time, with the exception of maybe some of the newer White Stripes stuff that was coming out right around the same time. But even that, the White Stripes had kind of gone from more produced stuff on like White Blood Cells getting into some more uh raw stuff on i want to say elephant but i might be wrong on that one on which one they really started to kind of embrace a, a bit of a more raw sound but but that was also right around the same time in those early 2000s and it was um at the drive and again this is specifically to refocus what i'm talking about it was uh, such a great example of something that was it felt um more real because it was less produced. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that drew me to that. Cause you know, coming from like the DIY punk rock, mm-hmm. uh, hardcore scene, like that was our shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So at the drive-in, we just loved. Yeah. Yup. Yeah. Love it. So we're going to watch it. We absolutely. Should we pick and plug it? Uh, we got a little bit more time if you wanted to uh, dip into the, this one was wild because I yeah. thought it was wild already. And then it got deeper for us. Yeah. Uh, Bill Willingham is a writer for DC Comics. He's been on various superhero and original properties for years. Uh, most notably in recent years was his original series, Fables, uh, which, which I know nothing of. Uh, and, and and Fables is a... You ever heard of this? I've, I've heard of Fables. I've heard it's very adult and very good. Okay. Yeah. 
Fables is the uh, it's a story of a neighborhood in New York City, which is home to the characters of 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 children's stories come to life uh, in various ways. This includes uh, Snow White. This includes um, Rose Red. This includes the Seven Dwarves. This includes the Big Bad Wolf. Although he is a man, a private detective named Big B Wolf. Uh, which is, uh, and I, I mentioned that specifically because if you've ever heard of a game called The Wolf Among Us mm. from Telltale Games, mm-hmm. that was a spin-off game in the Fables universe. Okay. So Fables as a property not only uh, was telling unique uh, stories set in this universe, and these were typically crime stories, political intrigue, uh, interpersonal tales. The original story... Uh, from the very first arc of the comic is Who Killed Rose Red, where Rose Red's body is discovered by Big B. So thought you were going to say Roger Rabbit. (laughs) Who Killed Rose Roger Rabbit. And um, (laughs) me, 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 me. No, it wasn't. Um, I wasn't there. Um, I was a reader. And the um, following stories are similar. Uh, And then it gets into political intrigue. You explore the world. Apparently some anti-woke, anti-Palestine, anti-abortion storylines. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But um, uh, the the book itself was good. I read it, uh, like I said, about 10, 15 years ago. I don't know if I read the full run or, or maybe 30, 50 issues, whatever it was. But but good stuff, uh, interesting characters, um, and, 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 and fantastic art, uh, mostly from the same guy whose name I'm trying to track down if it's, if it's written somewhere in this article. Uh, but he is another uh, very well-known artist. Um, but... I'm not seeing it, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm going to try and pull that up while I'm talking. Uh, but the uh, the big news right now is that Willingham announced on um, online that he is putting all of the characters of Fables in the public domain, and that's the big shocking thing here is that he's is is, is that is, anyone would put their own stuff in their, the public their own domain. Creation. And what it is is he's having a fight, a contract fight with the uh, with DC Comics, and because of that. He is um, trying to get around uh, non-payment issues by essentially screwing them out of money as well. Right. Mm. Uh, so, so this is a, a, a bold move from a, a creator uh, with his creation to kind of subvert what we've known for years are bad practices with um, uh, comic book companies uh, for their creators. Uh, they have long... Um, found ways to, you know, without getting too deep into it, because I don't have a lot of these stories right in front of me, but have found various ways to screw creators out of money, out of ownership, out of rights, out of reprint rights, out of reprint and other medium rights, you know, whether it's uh, comic characters coming to the big screen and the creators not being compensated, whether it's them, the stories being reproduced on paper and the creators not being compensated, whether it's the compensations being pennies on the dollar and, and essentially being meaningless mm. so the company can say it's doing right while it's still doing wrong. These stories right. are a dime a dozen. And because of that, uh, it, it's so interesting to see a creator taking steps to try and fight back against that and essentially finding a way to say, hey, fans, you love these characters. They're yours now. You do what you want with them. Make them whatever you need them to be. DC, of course, immediately pushing back, saying, no, these characters are not in the public domain. And, of course, contracts are very complicated. Mm-hmm. So it will take smarter men than I uh, to, to make sense of that. And then as we dug into the article we immediately start seeing pushback from other creators and fans talking about how Willingham himself 
is far from free of blame for his own skewed, awful personal views. Mm-hmm. And apparently bringing them into the storylines. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that too, that, that it, it, the article that we saw on, I think, Collider mentioned that um, he had anti-Palestine, anti-woke, anti- anti-Palestine, anti-abortion storylines. Story which, and I don't remember any of that, but I also was far from as socially conscious as I am now when I read this stuff. Yeah. At this point, if if I hear you, someone say that they're anti-woke, yeah, I just immediately default to, oh, you're old and lazy-brained. You're, yes. Oh, you're an asshole. Yeah. You're yeah. you're old, smooth-brained, lazy, dumb, dumb. <laughs> you're 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 bad. You're a bad person. <laughs> and bad at thinking. And but bad at the thinking and the doing. Um, yeah, it's mostly people that are like, I'm too lazy to adjust my way of thinking, speaking, and living. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and outside of Willingham's uh, possibly troublesome views, I'm very curious to see what happens with this idea of putting these characters in public domain. Sure. And I really want to keep an eye on this. And and hell. Perhaps some redemption. If it if it turns out that there's um that is true, then let's write a story. Let's let's do a mystery with I was gonna Snow say, White we, and the Big Bad Wolf. I was gonna say we make his characters get abortions, we make uh, oh. we make a bunch of them trans. They go to Palestine to Absolutely. get abortions, yeah. which is so problematic. Hell yeah. Yeah. Love it. No, I I'm love sorry it. for being so quiet through that. that. That's just so interesting. I had not heard about any of this. That was amazing. It just broke a over the, like the last 48 hours. It's really um, brand new I also, stuff. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around someone like bringing those stories into a comic. Mm, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, you know, I, I how guess... can they do an anti-Palestine comic book? Right. Yeah. It just seems like a, you, you know the Joker exists. You don't got to do this. <laughs> well, and it's also just like, uh, you know, comic books are typically, you would think, uh, oh wow, not a, a place full of, like, right-wing thinkers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a few. There's a few known. I'm sure there's a few, yeah. but it's not a place that you would, like, normally think that to be happening. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, if all of a sudden, fucking Batman was like... Batman's a fascist. God, that's too woke. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, defund the Batman. <laughs> Batman is a cab. Yeah, you got to take that motherfucker money away. <laughs> Abe Wab, all Bruce Wayne's are bastards. <laughs> Abe Wab! <laughs> Boy, that sounded silly. <laughs> is dressing like a bat to fight crime. Sure does. Especially yeah. when you don't even got no superpowers, you dumb shit. <laughs> what was it in the the Lego movie where they were trying to get like Batman? He's like, Batman, do we really need a guy dressing as a bat beating up the homeless and the mentally impaired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. We uh, we had a uh, Ryan Green on an episode. I think that was the defund the Batman episode, right? Probably. Uh, where where we just slowly came to realize, like, hey. Batman is kind of a villain. <laughs> He's a little bit of a villain. A little, a, little, a little problematic, that Batman. Yeah, I mean, he might not kill anybody, but doesn't mean he's pure of heart. Man, I uh, I don't know. Man, are we are we being sacrilegious on today, Batman Day? Of oh, all on days. today oh. of all days, the Lord's Day, Batman's <laughs> the Day. The Lord's Day. <laughs> uh, we're recording this on September 16th, which allegedly is because uh, it has not been proven in court like Danny Masterson's rape. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, Batman Day. Yeah, Batman Day is a little loosey-goosey. Sometimes it's on a Thursday. Sometimes <laughs> it's on the 23rd. Sometimes it's on the 17th. Yeah, not, not a strict thing. Not right? set in stone. It's whenever 
whatever the fuck the cash grab of San Diego San Diego Comic Con is. That, well, I guess that's when the first one was. But oh, okay. I, don't, I don't think San Diego's happening right now. San Diego's back in like August. Oh. So. Well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Defund Batman Day. But it's Batman Day. So that's a that's a thing that is. So. Happy Batman Day, everybody. Happy, Happy Batman Day. Yeah. Did you get a cake? Uh, no, but I might go get a comic book. That might be fun. I'm going to get a cake. You can get a cake? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Just get some cake? I mean, just an excuse to have cake. Yeah. Any excuse to have cakes. Good day. I love you like a fat kid love cake. Aw. <laughs> uh, shall we pick it and plug it? Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know. Read Batman. Uh, Chip Zdarsky is writing it right now. It's pretty good. Uh, That's fell- your pick after all of us. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he fell from space in one issue. You're gonna refund the Batman by get, putting more putting money, money in Batman's coifers in Big Batman. <laughs> no, no, fuck Batman. Read Doctor Strange. Uh, Judd McKay's killing it over at Marvel. Oh, yeah. uh, that book has been awesome. We're only like seven or eight issues in, so it's still early enough. If you want to grab the early trades or go back hunting, uh, back issue hunting, you can do some have some fun doing that. Uh, Judd McKay. One of my favorite writers over at Marvel now. He uh, did some really uh, stellar stuff with the the Clea Strange series when Doctor Strange was dead, and now that uh, old Doc is back, uh, the eponymous book has been good as well. So I talk about all this over on my podcast. It's called OK Geek. I haven't done a new episode in like two and a half weeks, but maybe if you listen, if you promise to listen, if you p- pinky swear, <laughs> pinky swear you'll listen. I'll uh, I'll record a new episode this weekend. Uh, Love just, it just for you. I'll talk about Jed McKay and why he's so good. Oh, and Kelly Thompson. If you have not heard me rave about her, go listen to the podcast, talk about her a lot. She just launched a new Birds of Prey series over at DC, which has got a kick-ass team, which has Black Canary, Harley Quinn, uh, Cassandra Kane, Batgirl, Big Barda, and someone from the Wildcats team who I don't know. Uh, and it is a really cool book. So go check that out as well. Um, and uh, plugs. Uh, I uh, am a comedy. Um the Starlight Comedy Night. I I am I am Tulsa Comedy. Uh, the As they're Comedy. listening to this, they can come see you tomorrow. Tomorrow, really? What am I doing on tomorrow? Monday? Oh, am I going to be competing? You are against fourteen other comics. You are, which to take reminds one of three me top spots. Which reminds me, right after we quit recording, I'm going to have to I'm going to do the thing where I put my hands up and you do the knees. Yeah, you dun, know, dun, the, yeah, yeah. We got to get some training in. That's a good Street Fighter one. Yeah, I know. What was now? I'm trying to think of the music with the the bike riding from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. That's not it. That's Guile's theme, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's definitely Guile's theme. I'm going to see if I can find that punch out music. Um, uh, well, I'll plug come, for you. Come to the Looney Bin Comedy Club. See me compete. Monday, September 18th at the Looney Bin Comedy Club. <laughs> Go to LooneyBinComedy.com to get your tickets now uh, to see Hilton Price Monday night. Why does your computer hate the internet? I don't know, man. Weird. I just think it's your fault. I, well, I thought initially, and I was like, well, nope, because the board's still connected. My phone's still connected. That's true. My other computer. Computer. Um, but yeah, that and then comes computer, the Starlight no Comedy computing. Night. Second, uh, second Friday of every month. We do the, oh no, no, this month uh, October. Just heads up, we are doing the Starlight Comedy Night in uh, the third uh, Friday on October twentieth. So Ooh. be ready for that. I still need to go. Jacob, when people want to check out...
Dun, 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 dun. Um, <laughs> Jacob, if listeners want to check out CSE, where can they check that out? Uh, you can check it out on YouTube at A Serious Picture. Um, I also upload the videos to the A Serious Picture Facebook page, so you can watch both of those there. All right. And when's uh, when's the next one coming out again? Uh, the next one is coming out on the 30th of this month. September 30th. And, but you do have the Zach Amon episode is up, which is just a couple weeks old. And then you've yes. got some of the, the previous content from before that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, if you go to YouTube, you'll be able to find all of it on Facebook. It's a little more sparse. I just kind of put the ones that I like the most. All right. Yeah. Anywhere uh, people you'd like people to follow you other than that? or uh, You can follow me, again, on Facebook at Jacob Hatfield, at A Serious Picture, uh, Instagram also at A Serious Picture, and YouTube. Nice. I, I have a TikTok. I don't take it all that serious. My TikTok's name is literally was told I need to have a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get more into it for the kids. But yeah. I love that I'm officially, I'm old enough to where I feel like I can get away with when people are like, oh, you got to have a TikTok. I can be like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I really don't. And they're like, how old are you? I'm like 42. And they're like, fair enough. Well, <laughs> see, the, the fucked up thing is I'm like, I, I don't want a TikTok. And then I, yeah. I put, uh, literally, I had to split it up into two halves. And I think you watched it on TikTok. It was either you or, or there's somebody I've else. Definitely, yeah, I've definitely oh, watched because you can't one. fit a full one on Yeah, they have to be 10 minutes max. Mm -hmm. So I, I put half of it on YouTube and the other half got flagged for copyright. Don't even get me started. I have no fucking idea why it got flagged. I've been fighting that forever. Mm. But the first one, that literally the first half of it got 700 something views in one day. Oh, wow. And I'm like, okay, th I, I need to have a TikTok. Right. Because apparently this is where it's going. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. We're losing the grip with the kiddos. We are. Can't do that. That's how, that's how you get uh, irrelevancy. Uh, that's true. Um, if you, uh, you got a, you got a stand up show coming up as well. Yes. On October 14th at a place called noise town. Um, there's Oh hell yeah. That's my buddy Dustin's place. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Friend of the show, Dustin Howard, uh, mm -hmm. from, uh, the band Groucho. Fuck yeah. Yeah. He's, um, that's a really cool thing that he's doing over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Noise and town. that's, uh, that's getting put on by Jeff Thompson, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Uh, it's going to have uh, Lacey Rains and uh, Brett Jeffries are also on that show. Oh, it's going nice. to be a great night. Yeah. Friend of the show, uh, Brett Jeffries. Yep. Uh, yeah, man, that's exciting. That'll be for the, um, the, the, the sort of sober bar that Justin's putting on mm -hmm. sort of thing, um, which is really cool. Uh, Dustin also and another friend in recovery, too, so it makes sense that, oh, excellent. that, they, that they've partnered up for that. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, Noisetown, also a really cool thing if uh, – uh, there, they're doing like music lessons. Um, you can rent space to jam. Uh, you got a band that needs a place to practice. Mm -hmm. uh, they can hook you up. Um, so it's funny. Dustin got interviewed about that space, and uh, he was talking about this old storage unit place that mm -hmm. we all that all the bands used to practice at, and that's that's the place where where we came up, man. Where that's we cut cool. our teeth. Uh, his band, my band, a bunch of other bands, uh, Tulsa bands back in the early 2000s. It was just off the I-44 in between uh, Garnett and 129th, Secure Care Self Storage. It was great because there wasn't any, there was no neighborhoods around. It was all like industrial stuff. And mm -hmm. so uh, they would rent those spaces out to bands and they would let us stay until two in the morning. Nice. Yeah. And you just play as loud as you need. Yep. It was Awesome. We had so much fun out there. Get your bits in. Oh, man. Were. Yep. And drinking, partying, what? drugging. What? Yeah. Musicians? Totally. <laughs> no way. Yeah. You haven't lived till you've had storage unit sex. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> A little breezy. Yeah. Uh, picks? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the pick of anything yes. you've been into lately yes uh it, it's not one that i watched recently but i it's something that i i it's a movie that i love it's a movie called green room 
Oh, that movie rules. It movie is so good. I believe uh, uh, Jeremy Sullet is the director. I, I am so sorry if I got his name wrong. But he also did a great movie called Blue Ruin. He did a movie called Hold the Dark. Both are amazing. Blue Ruin is amazing. Blue Ruin is so good. Mm. But uh, yes, it, you get a Patrick Stewart as a baddie as a neo Nazi leader. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he does really well. Like it doesn't come off as goofy. Okay. Alia Shawkat's in it. Uh, Emojin Poots, the musician, is yep. in it, and and she does amazing. Um, poor the late great Anton Yelchin. Uh, kills it in the movie. Yeah. It without giving too much away, a bunch of punk people, uh, a punk band that desperate for gigs ends up playing a neo-Nazi show by accident. And the show goes well. And then they go into the green room before they're about to leave. And they witness uh, right after a murder happened. And the neo-Nazis hold them hostage inside of the green room. The the plot, it's really not that complicated. It's very much a kind of a midnight movie, but yep. it is one of the most well made midnight movies i've it, seen it is really really good i loved it yeah yeah, yeah. i i've heard about this too uh, i i remember i fell down a rabbit hole about uh i think it was when i was looking up some stuff about anton yelchin mm-hmm. uh because he's uh he, he passed away right yeah uh, yeah in a freak accident yeah way. yeah yep yeah which uh, i think uh not long after he died i was looking into some of the films he had done that kind of flown under the radar and this popped up and mm. Of course, you know, uh, you mentioned Patrick Stewart as a villain is not something you see. And, and just even to see, to imagine that that commanding talent. Uh, mm. doing oh, anything. man, he, he eats it up. He I kills bet. it. He really eats it up playing the villain. Yeah. So what I what I love most about the film is especially like when people people so evil as neo-Nazis, they're usually portrayed as kind of caricatures. There's sink heiling all over the place, stuff like that. What makes this movie so effective is they're people they're joking around with each other they're actually kind of intelligent and they have their shit together and it makes them this unbelievable menacing force and it's yeah and also the band That's is a good point also the band is realistically stupid which i love hmm. it, like most of the you know oh, i'm running in the woods and i tripped and stuff like that it like they make really dumb decisions in this movie. The, there's a scene where they go to give away a gun that they need to have that I won't spoil how that ends. <laughs> but oh yeah. my god, it's you you buy every second. It's one of the most well written, well acted, fast paced midnight movies I've seen in a very long time. Wow, nice. All right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It came out uh, 2015, mm-hmm. so not or 2016. Excuse me, uh, for wide release. Very cool. Dang, it didn't come out a year after it released at Kane at Cannes. Yeah, man. I almost said at Kane's. At Kane's. <laughs> at Kane's Ballroom. Kane's Kane's Ballroom Film Festival, uh, where where all of Hollywood meets every year. Hell yeah! In beautiful um, Kane's. In Ballroom. beautiful sunny Tulsa, Oklahoma. Kane's Ballroom, Utah. Oh, no, wait, that's not that's not Cannes. Oh no, that's not at all. Which one's in Utah? There's another film festival in Utah, isn't there? Uh, Tribeca? Maybe. No, nope. That's New York. Um, I don't fucking know, man. Uh, Why are you asking me this shit? uh, (laughs) Sorry, pick some plugs. Pick some plugs. Focus, Hilton. Focus. Uh, Let's see. Plugs. Come see me Friday, September 29th at the Tulsa Spotlight Theater. Tickets are on sale at TulsaSpotlightTheater.com. They are $7 in advance, $10 a day of the show. Um, That'll be myself uh, rounding out the show with uh, four other comics and hosted by Mr. Evan Hughes. Mm -hmm. You know him. You love him. You want to squeeze him. Uh, that all tracks come squeeze me though i'll let you he won't 
<laughs> he will 100% let you. He's at Shut uh, up, He man. would totally let you. I'm trying we, to get squoes. He would hate it if we suggested he would not let you. Why are you trying to encroach on my squoes? Get you both squoes, baby. <laughs> encroach on my squoes, band name called it. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, I love that. Uh, very excited for that. I'm very excited to work in that theater. Uh, of course, classic Tulsa theater. Um, so that is Friday, September 29th, Tulsa spotlight theater.com. Get your tickets in advance, save a couple bucks. And then, uh, picks, uh, since we did the trailer, man, I'm going to say, go listen to, um, Antimask, which is, uh, a one album side project that Cedric and Omar did. Um, and then go listen to the three at the drive-in albums before Relationship of Command. Mm. Uh, listen to those as well. But I will say that if you're going to get a very first just kind of start on it, probably start with Relationship of Command. It's a really, it's an yeah. amazing album top it, to bottom. It's an amazing example of an album that was uh, got big because of how strikingly different it was mm. 20 years ago. And now it is my first album to recommend them to someone because of how similar it is mm-hmm. how it will be the easiest step in yeah it's such a well you've, it's you've a perfect album music really good is awesome you've 100 i'm going to be listening to that on my yeah. way home nice like you have very much convinced me excellent excellent um and then yeah once you once you get through that check out some mars volta because that shit's cool too and uh also uh donate to any, anybody fighting scientology because fuck those people yeah where's shelly david <laughs> where where's, the fuck is shelly where is shelly david Ah, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob, thanks for coming back. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Really appreciate it. Don't forget to uh, go follow A Serious Picture on YouTube and watch all the CSE episodes as they drop. New one September 30th with Little Miss MG. Mm -hmm. And uh, thanks again for coming by, Hilton. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to probably be back next week, too. Are you sure? You sure about that? You sure about that? (laughs) Take it from me. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>